tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Prime Headlines is brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Live from our studio here in Kukumlemli, Accra, this is Johnny Prime with me, Samuel Kojo Brace. Coming up in this bulletin, Flats killed 10 people in Kumasi in June 2023. We'll tell you how the Ghana National Fire Service rescued at least 280 people trapped in flood-prone areas. Here alone, we've done about 280 rescues from flood cases. That happened in Tafu, Shiaesu, Bisiasi, Sepasi, and many other places. High Court begins full implementation of it day-to-day hearing of James Jatikwesin's uh, case as it dismisses the latest request to put a trial on hold. The state's first witness is in the box, but already the MP's lawyers have a reason to be excited. We'll tell you why. Now, also, go ahead and boycott Parliament, but no, that Parliament will not wait for you. The majority sends a strong message to the minority who attended Jatikwesin's trial. Our colleagues in the minority and they have elected not to be present. So that the parliament of this republic cannot wait for them. At 8 p.m., I'll hand over the baton to uh, Paris Kojobaka to bring us, bring us prime business. Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana begins meeting to discuss this issues relation to the economy. At 8 Razak Musbao will come your way with Prime Sports. Well, Evelyn Bedu scored twice as the Black Queen secured an emphatic 7-0 aggregate victory over Guinea in the qualifiers of the 2024 Olympic Games. We'll bring you reactions at the Accra Sports Stadium. Well, this is the home of uh, credible, uh, uh, independent and fearless journalism. My name is Samuel Kojo Bridge. You stay with us for details. Prime Headlines was brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Now, in June 2023 alone, flooding has claimed 10 lives in Kumasi. The Ghana National Fire Service rescued at least 280 people from floods in the Kumasi metropolis last month. Most victims in flood-prone areas were trapped in their homes after heavy rains. Nanabwachi Yadom has more in today's series of floods of trauma. Each year, flooding causes more deaths than any hazard related to thunderstorms. It wreaks havoc on development infrastructure and increases human casualties. In the Ashanti region, Ohim, 
sewa ebu akwa asinema so tafo insha yeso hiawu besiase and sapase among flood prone communities residents experience heavy flooding anytime there is a downpour the flood breaks down walls and inundates homes trapped residents call on the fire service to their rescue when it rains you will regret as you are doing it now when the place gets flooded we run away from our homes isn't like that but we don't know what is what is the cause of the water this time around it will be flowing before you realize it will come back to this particular area and it will be getting to this particular pool in fact it's a problem to us over here we don't know what to do to this particular situation. We need your help. Since you've come, we know you are a mouthpiece. You should send this particular problem to the highest team. According to the fire service, 280 victims of flood were rescued in June alone. Regional Communications Director DO3 Peter Ade says some victims are trapped in their homes and others from the outskirts. This year alone, we've done about 280 rescues. I mean, we've rescued about 280 people from flood cases that happened in Tafu, Shiaeso, Besiase, Sepase, and many other places. Streams are blocked with debris, reducing the rates that water flows, causing floods in communities. Peter Ades says the fire service remains on standby to rescue victims as the rains come down heavily. If you are trapped in any flood situation, the best institution to call is fire service to come in to rescue you. Um, I'm sure if you also monitor the airwaves, you realize that we are doing a lot of education um, on floods. For Joy News, Nana Bwachidankwayadom, Kumase. Now, the High Court on Tuesday commenced the full implementation of the day-to-day hearing of uh, the James Jati Question trial. This was after it had dismissed the request by the legislator's legal team to put the trial on hold. The court then heard the testimony of state's first witness, Richard Techi Mensa. Mr. Mensa is the individual who filed the criminal complaint against James Jachi Quixen. Legal Affairs Correspondent Joseph Akable has the rest of the story. The court had earlier indicated that it will hold its hearing on a day-to-day basis. Mr. Quixen has since been pushing to set this aside, causing him to file legal processes at the Court of Appeal. He also filed another action at the Supreme Court, making a similar request, adding that the Attorney General had failed to furnish him with a full complement of evidence to be used against him. The Attorney General, Godfrey Yeboah Dame, disagreed with this view. He pointed out that the court should proceed since no order had been issued by either the Court of Appeal or the Supreme Court. The court presided over by Justice Mary Yanzu ruled that in the absence of any court order halting proceedings, the case will proceed. The state's first witness, Richard Tichy Mensah, then mounted a witness box. He's the person whose petition at the police CID resulted in investigations of James Jachikwison. He was asked whether he wrote the criminal complaint himself or had someone do it for him. He said he wrote it himself and was done in English. He was, however, confronted with records from the police indicating he narrated the events in three and the police recorded in English. Mr. Kwesin's lawyer said the witness is not credible. And you realize that today can be described as Black Tuesday for the prosecution's witness. The prosecution's witness was in sixes and sevens. In fact, he swore an oath that his statement was written in English. 
It turned out that when he was shown his own statement, he spoke in Chi and it was recorded. That goes to the credibility of the witness. That goes to his uh, mindset. So clearly, today, you notice that the prosecution's witness was not helpful to the prosecution at all. And even when he said that he had attached documents to his complaint to the police, one of the documents he said he attached was a statutory declaration of Jachi Kwesin. It turned out that there was no attachment of that sort. So clearly, the interpretation is that today, the prosecution's own witness statement has been thrown to the task because he couldn't even indicate that that was his own statement. He spoke in English. It turned out that he rather spoke in Chi and it was transcribed into English. The AG is, however, satisfied with the ruling of the court and is ready to continue with proceedings. The court decided to rely on a binding district Supreme Court to hold that she's not supposed to stay proceedings until another the court higher has been served on her to stay proceedings. So we are comfortable with the ruling of the court. And you are ready to progress with it already. Your witnesses continue with the testimony. Yes, tomorrow we are supposed to be back and within one hour, counsel for the case is supposed to finish presenting PW1. Hearing continues on Wednesday. Now, the majority in parliament for the first time since the NDC started boycotting parliament over Judge Kwesi's trial proceeded with business despite the absence of the minority MPs. The House took questions, laid papers, and discussed statements. Although the House fell short of considering much weightier business like those. It's a significant turn from the past when it just adjourned the House whenever the NDC group abstained from sitting. Majority Chief Whip Frank Anodompre clearly told the NDC that, quote, the Parliament of Ghana cannot wait for you, unquote. Our colleagues in the minority, and they have elected not to be present. So that the Parliament of this Republic cannot wait for them. And hence, uh, as often been the practice, want to appeal to you that the answers to these questions be published, except for question 1405, which is which stands in the name of General Vincent. So for speaker, to your leave. Now, among the key business the House considered was a statement from the Food and Agriculture Committee on the debt owed to suppliers of the buffer stock com company. According to the Minister of Agriculture, Dr. Brian Achampon, the suppliers will be paid by the end of Wednesday. Mapastock has made payments in respect of 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021 in full. Mr. Speaker, in 2022, of the 726,617,881 Ghana cities, 500 million cities have been paid to the suppliers. We still owe suppliers a little north of 503, 203 million Ghana cities. Such release, Mr. Speaker, we've sent to finance, and uh, last week we received 100, and, um, 100 million, which is 50% of what is due the suppliers. Uh, we have transferred same through the processes to buffer stock 
We're hoping that, Mr. Speaker, by the midweek this week, that 50% will be sent to suppliers. Mr. Speaker, I have also assured the suppliers that by um, the 17th of August, as we commence the, the payment of the 50% 17th of July, by the 17th of August, the remaining 50% will be paid. Mr. Speaker, we have kept faith with the buffer stock suppliers. As I, I mentioned, uh, the total business that they've done with um, the buffer stock company um, is to the tune and exact two billion seven hundred and five million four hundred and eight thousand four hundred and seventy six cities and fifty eight pesos. 2.7 billion, out of which 2.5 billion has been made. And we will pay the remaining, uh, the 200 uh, million that is submitted to us in full by the end of August. We commence our payment hopefully by Wednesday, and in a month's time, the total payment uh, will be made. Uh, we don't have challenges with with the suppliers. So we are extremely surprised about uh, the happenings in the last one, um, two weeks. But we take it in good faith and we continue to work with them. Now, Deputy Majority Whip Habib Idrisu says the buffer stock suppliers must not allow themselves to be used as political pawns. You've done a very good job. We expect more from you, and we expect that the CEO of National Food Buffer Stock, if this money gets into his hands, to be able to. Um, pay the suppliers and to tell the suppliers that they are not just ordinary and they are not just poor people and they should not allow people to play into the sentiments and the politics of this so that they will be encouraged to go and sleep there in the name of the fact that they haven't been paid. Between December and June, when you do supply in December and you haven't paid in June, you ordinary you cannot say that there's unnecessary delay. Ordinary you cannot say that because that's a lot of money involved. And you cannot do a supply of in December and by June if you are not paid, you are already going to sleep in offices. Now let's do some politics now because the presidential candidate hopeful of the new patriotic party, Alan Kwajo Shramanting, has asserted that he is the only candidate who poses a threat to the electoral fortunes of the National Democratic Congress, the NDC, in the Volta region, its stronghold. Now he indicated that people of the region have confidence in him considering his track record. Charisma and popularity hence would vote for him if he becomes the flag bearer of the governing party. He therefore appealed to the MPP delegates in the region to endorse his candidature to enable the governing party to win the 2024 general elections and maintain power. Mazacho Manting said this during the first day of his cluster tour of the voter region. The presidential hopeful Alan John Kojutre Mantin kicked off his cluster tour of the Volta region in Sugakope, where he met delegates from South, North and Central Town constituencies. He shared with them his transformational agenda for both the New Patriotic Party and Ghana. The team proceeded to apply to meet delegates from Ketu South, Anglo, and Keta constituencies. Mr. Tremontin entreated delegates to impose their confidence in him as he stands tall among the 10 candidates to win power for the NPP. I'm the only one who can stand tall before the candidates in Ghana. Who are false? Who are You see, the people of the whole region have always been sending a message to NPP. They said that we are not hearing them. 
what everything has been saying, it's not that we don't like young people. We like young people. But bring the right yeah, yeah. Walter has been saying this for a long time. If you bring Alan, Walter will now talk to outlined his vision of amassing wealth for the NPP through job creation. In 2005-2006, I have been talking about this. We are in 2023. I provided funds to every constituency to start their own business so that they can make money every month. Not only to look after the constituency, but to pay allowances. I was talking about how to make the party financially strong by helping them to start their own business at the constituency level, 2006. So today when somebody deceives you that, oh, Alan, he's just cooking. How can you pay them? The businesses that NPP will be establishing will be stronger than what the government itself can establish. Mr. Chairman and the team ended the first day of his tour of the Volta region in Juje, where he met delegates from Ketu North, Akachi South and North constituencies. Fred Kwame Asari, Joy News. On and as the MPP prepares for the election of its flag bearer, uh, most of the candidates are on the ground campaigning for the delegate to vote for them to represent their party in the 2024 elections. Who will win? We will be here to bring you all the details on the particular process here on election headquarters. Now to some other stories. Resident in Quito in the Salaga South Municipality of the Savannah region have condemned the deplorable conditions of the Quito Salaga Road. The residents say the road is the worst in the region, describing it as a death trap. According to them, plying the Quito Salaga stretch demands lots of caution because of its tortuous nature. The Quito electoral area has 12 communities. A major food growing area in the Salaga South municipality. But over the years, Neglect of the road has literally cut them from the rest of the world. Drivers must learn to be patient and with great care to navigate the road. For now, commercial vehicles have stopped plying the area. Therefore, to travel to Salaga or Pandai, one has to travel on a motorcycle or a tricycle. The residents say to travel with a sick person or a woman in labor, one would have to spend hours on the road, sometimes losing the patient. 
assemblyman for the area, Liman Elijah, said they are currently cut off from the rest of the world. A situation, he said, is disturbing. And looking at the road, this is a major road that supplies food stuff to Salaga Market. And when you look at it, for about past months, cars cannot even go to Salaga Market. It was only motokins and other things. And any time it rains, the motokins cannot also go. And they, we only have one clinic on this route. And that clinic referred to Salaga Hospital. So referring women from here or clients from here to Salaga is also another problem. The motokins cannot even go. So when you get a car, they will not go. So it's a problem for them to even travel. Even when it is in the night, the clients cannot go. So we are suffering. The people are suffering. Another resident, Mbabai, lamented that the situation is unbearable. This road is so terrible. You can ride and get to a place you cannot go again. So if a motorbike can get stuck, imagine a vehicle. If the authorities believe we are humans, they should consider us and fix the road. Traders are losing for us. If the road is not fixed, no food. Madam Mary said people continue to lose their lives on that road, especially pregnant women. By the time I return, my sons will be running everywhere to either get me drugs to relieve me of pain or take me to the hospital. The roads are in terrible state. Every year, politicians come and deceive us, vote for us, we would fix your road. But nothing has been done. This bad road network has taken many of our colleagues to their early graves. Nana Kojo Pine who had traveled from the Ashanti region to the area, could ask for only one thing help to save lives. So, from Saraga to Bubi Kotech, in fact, the road is very bad. So, during the rainy season, you know, if the car brings some goods from Bubi Kotech to Saraga or from Saraga to Bubi Kotech, in fact, it's not easy. At times, they got accident on the road. Please, we are begging to government to. Uh, maintain the road from Gruby Cortez to Saraga or Saraga to Gruby Cortez. For these people, they have resolved that until their road is fixed, no political party is allowed into the area to campaign for the 2024 general elections. For Joy News, Martina Bugri reported. Now, MC for the area, Richard Brony joins us live with more. Grateful to you. Honorable for joining us here. Uh, your people are clearly unhappy with the poor state of the road. Is there a plan to improve the road? Yeah, thank you. I'm very grateful. I want to also use this opportunity to apologize. I think uh, since uh, the morning we've been trying to have this interaction, uh, the have not been able to uh, get a gist for that something that I was involved in. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much. I think. Uh, uh, the people of Punja, uh, and specifically the road of Panaka, Yakubupi, up to Kulubi all the people living over there have the right to express um, their 
dissatisfaction in terms of uh, the nature of growth, um, we are concerned as the government, we are concerned as the municipality uh, in terms of what is happening. Uh, but uh, since the reality is, um, um, we are not neglecting the people applying uh, this road here and there. As we speak, I was on that road uh, a week over when I tied up to Tabonjida. Uh, so there are people who will continue to deal with them, who continue to make sure that uh, their lives are improved. But the reality is that that road is on contrast by highway. As we speak, there are eight laws, and in terms of this, I'll, let me come to the lower level. We have eight contractors on, this, on that road from Salaga up to the Pandai area. One up to eight. So you realize that if it was a total neglect, we wouldn't have a contractor between Kito up to Kuani completing their portion of the road. Then also when you get to around Sabonjira, another contractor has finished his portion of it. Well, well, well that, that, that's good to hear. But for the people whose roads we are watching, these are terrible roads. Why has the contractor or have the contractors not been able to complete their stretch? Yes, I think this is an important question, but we also need to realize that this has to do with the individual capacities of the contractors based on some challenges in terms of uh, availability of funds uh, for them to be able to do that. Because if one is able to do that, another is able to do, and when you ask the question, it said, oh, I have not been paid. So largely, it has to be a payment-related issue uh, for a majority of the contractors that are on the road. Oh, for, the, for the person whose mother died or whose wife died on this road yes. is, is not really uh, you know, concerned about whether you've been able to pay them. And when you were given the contract, I'm sure you looked at capacity. So you not being able to pay them and that's the reason why someone's mother is dead, is that justifiable enough? Oh, that is not justifiable. But yeah. you, also, you also admit that in every in, in transactions of this nature or in projects of this nature, uh, we have uh, an issue, and you know what is currently going. They are all going through this country in terms of uh, the financial issue. So that is not just viable. But I think it is not also wrong to say that because somebody has not been paid, you are if somebody. What about those who have been paid and uh, who have not been paid and they have done yet? But 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 from from some of these roads that we, 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 we are watching. These are things that you, the Assembly, can, can at least find some time and, and get it quite trouble for them. And these are not things you, you are doing from, from the video I'm, I'm watching. Yes. The reason is that if the road is on contract, uh, it means that the Assembly, even if we have resources to go back to this road, don't you think that uh, we'll be having issues in terms of a contract is this a road that is on contract? You are spending more money from that again. If you have it, don't you think that it's something wrong with it? But as you said, you care for the people. So if you care for them, you cannot say that if for 10 years the contractor is not going to come 
and their road is in the deplorable state, you will look on because you will spend money on it. Oh, then, uh, <laughs> with all this, but the 10 years affected about this, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not visible. But if this is what we've always been pushing us, even this, uh, what's the name, last week I was in touch with the highways uh, municipal uh, officer in terms of how we can get this road fixed. Because it's been a very big challenge. I have been passing that route and I know how to blow up the road is. And that is not to say that uh, we are not thinking about the plight of the people, we are not concerned, but this is okay. a very big challenge. So, and so, so, when mm. I listen to the story, or mm. the, 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 the news this evening, what I heard was that that is the worst route, even in the municipality. Let me draw your attention that if you say that is the worst, that could not be right. Look, we have three. That, that's fine. That's we, 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 we agree, but once people are dying on it, the, the point is that when are they going to have an intervention on this road? Ah, when you say it, it's that you're asking for timelines. Yes, because people are, people are dying on the road. They, they need to know when there, there will be um, a solution. That's why I want to find out from you. When yes, do we expect an intervention? As much as you're looking for the timeline for the intervention, this has to do with resources, my brother. So we will continue to push to make sure that the people are, which I'm just from the regional level. I was talking to the regional minister about it and how they, they listen, what the people are going through. So I will continue to plead that as much as it is a very serious issue, the people continue to work there uh, with us and make sure that uh, we all push for us to be able to get this thing done. But if people's timeline, this is about finances, this is about money. And for that matter, I am not the one, the provider of the money. So it will be very wrong to be able to be timeline. And when mm. I say, the people will then take me on. Okay. I, I was looking at whether the assembly, which you are the boss, could probably go in there and, and give an intermediary intervention just to wait for the contractor. But if that is not possible, I'm grateful to you, sir, for joining us. He is the MC for the Salaga um, Municipal Assembly. Yes, so watching Johnny's Prime, we'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll find out from the food suppliers whether or not they've been paid. Stay with us. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumefantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have that. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemists Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. 
I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevent me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself for PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one but if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur then you already are staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. With the Equibank salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance. Free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. And even more consolation rewards in the Equibank double salary promo. Reloaded! This Equibank salary account sounds interesting. What do you think? But maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I'd go shine my shoe. Hey. Yo, myself, I'd go check my BP. We going up, never go down, and we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank double salary promo reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Caritas Lottery Platform. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T. 
That is so true, my daughter. But it's father, it is spiral. That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double-layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty. Seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no, that is not true. Me alkasano, adiabia mi yebiano, me shishemte papano. And when I find it, I stick to it. Ma shishemanya bell pack tissues. Bell pack ewe tiro. Bell pack tiro. Soft, but not weak. Strong, but not hard. It is smooth. Me yusua, me hotome. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. Oti bakwa, oti mi de pepaye, oti mi soki, e chimu esa One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say a pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. Nothing feels so good like bell Welcome back from the break. Let's return to our earlier story where the Agrarian Minister has been assuring that the uh, debt owed the Food Suppliers Association will be cleared um, and, and that uh, they expect to start a payment on Wednesday. We'll bring you details of that later on. But for now, the Ghana Health Service says 66% of the population um, has not fully taken the jab against the COVID-19 virus. The country is still far behind in achieving its COVID-19 vaccination target the service says this leaves the country vulnerable to the virus. The Director General of the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Patrick Kumabwaje, was speaking at the launch of the 7th National COVID-19 vaccination campaign. There is more in this report. Only 10.8 million of the population in Ghana have been vaccinated against COVID-19, representing 34%. 13.9 million have received just one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. The Ghana Health Service is not happy with the development. The service has therefore launched the seventh edition of its COVID-19 vaccination campaign. The target is to administer one million doses of vaccines to individuals above the age of 15. Director of the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Patrikuma Baji, says a lot of work needs to be done to reach herd immunity. Nearly 26 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine have reached almost 14 million persons, out of which 10 million persons are fully vaccinated. And as I said earlier, this represents about 59.4% of the target. While this is commendable achievement, the country is still far from achieving its national target. This means that the whole population still stands at the risk of a likely event of new variants as COVID-19 remains extremely unpredictable. And I must say, as you saw the program, uh, the program manager present, this total dose represents about 34.46% of the population. What it means is that 
almost 70% or a little over 60% of the population are unvaccinated. He indicated that misinformation is hindering many individuals from getting vaccinated. Well, I think has always been the misinformation and then the fear and then the low risk perception. The low risk perception are the thing that is going to happen to you, but not me. But we have, we have noticed that when the vaccines are taken close to them, we are able to overcome that challenge. Because that's why we are doing uh, outreaches to the people to ensure that even though they may not feel that they are not at risk, but if the vaccine is provided, they are willing to go. They may not travel to go and queue and have it, but if the vaccine is taken to them. And that approach has really helped us, and we continue enforcing that until we meet our targets that we set ourselves. Manager of the expanded program on immunization, Dr. Kwame Amponsa Achiano outlined strategies to attain the vaccination target during the campaign. We want to deploy approximately 5,000 and over vaccination teams with over 1,000 supervisors across all the levels from national, regional, districts and districts. Using almost 23,000 healthcare workers and volunteers nationwide. We are aiming to vaccinate approximately 40 persons per team of vaccinators per day. And of course, we will ensure that these teams are visible. The vaccination campaign is scheduled to kick off from July 19 to July 23. Esther Nkrumah's report read to you. Now, let's return to our earlier story where the National Food Supplies Association have been promised that they will be receiving their monies uh, beginning Wednesday. We've been joined on the line by the PR of the association, uh, Koku Ahmed Dome. Grateful to you for joining us. Uh, now, um, how do you receive this assurance coming in from the um, Minister of Agriculture? Koku, if, can you unmute so we can um, follow what you're telling us? Koku, um, grateful that you could join us. I'm trying to find out from you. The Minister of Agric has, says, uh, has said that you will start receiving your monies tomorrow, Wednesday. And I'm, I'm, I want to find out from you uh, what you make of this assurance from the Minister. And, uh, your viewers. Yes, of course. We also hear heard from the airwaves uh, the pronouncements by the Honorable Minister of Agric, uh, Honorable Brian Achampo. Um, well, uh, we, we, we are at lost at uh, how we are lost as to how uh, 100,000, 100 million fees has been half of our payment or half of our indebtedness is, uh, to buffer stock is arrived at. Because uh, from the initial stages, we've been very consistent that um, the amount owed is uh, to the tune of 270 million. And I think they've also agreed that particular figure, and they have banded that finger, uh, figure ar around with us. Mm. And so if uh, at the end of it all, they, they have realized some discrepancies in their calculations, I think it's in the right place for them to have consulted and for us to also do a reconciliation of how they arrive at $100 million. But whatever it is, mm. uh, we are not taking it, uh, we have taken it as one of those promises uh, because we've been given several of those promises which have never been fulfilled. So we are only waiting that uh, we can only react uh, appropriately as to what is the next line of action if we have seen the actuals. 
Mm. Because uh, from all indications, we've been given several promises that, are, that has not been fulfilled. So we're just taking what we have heard from Parliament as one of those rumors, hoping that um, tomorrow or next tomorrow, when we are finally invited and uh, issues, checks are being issued, then we'll be able to tell or to speak to the very specific issues as to whether we are accepting whatever we are paid or we, whatever line of action we intend to take will be communicated further. The, the buffer stock has already said that um, they deal with um, individual suppliers and not the association. So w what's your expectation uh, for what to happen tomorrow? My brother, we, we don't care if they decide to deal with individuals. We don't care if they decide to deal with us as an association. But the bottom line is money, money is owed. Mm. They have not disputed the money. In fact, that individual, they are not willing to deal with us. The association is the collective of that individual. So whether they deal with us or they deal with the association, we are okay. At the end of it all, we, we, we are not asking Bapa Stock to pay us as an association. We are not asking Bapa Stock to write the check in the name of an association. We have come together as members of an association to fight for our cause, to fight and protect our interests. And that's what we are in, we are. We are interested in. We don't. We are not interested in invalidation from any uh, state institutions. We are, we recognize each other. In fact, we are duly registered, and we are operating as an organized group that we don't need validation from anybody. All we are asking is our members should be settled what they are due. Okay. All right. Grateful to you for joining us, Koku Ahmed Dume, SPRO for the National Food Suppliers Association. Now, one million Ghana cities of money belonging to the University of Ghana is logged up. With NDK Financial Services, this came up to light uh, during today's Public Accounts Committee sitting. Director of Finance for the University, Bernice Agudu, says the university has learned lessons and has since put in place an investment policy to ensure it does not happen again. She says they are working to retrieve the logged up funds. Listen to the interaction between the chairman of the committee, James Kluche Averji, and the Director of Finance of the university. So the university, um, that is the Office of Research, Innovation and Development, you invested in NDK Financial Services and only 100,000 was redeemed, leaving a balance of 1,234,000 767.59 Ghana cities. Have you been able to recover the, this balance from the NDK Financial Services? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, as an investor, we have learned from our previous acts. We have Will you answer my question first? <laughs> we haven't recovered the amount, but it's okay. going through the process. Currently, it's with the legal counsel to follow up through the due process. We currently have an investment policy which confirms what we are saying, and we are adhering to that. So that is where we are. Why is NDK, NDK Financial Services not able to refund the money or pay you the money? Is there any reason? Um, they had liquidity challenges, and what they told us when we sent it to them was they promised actually pay, but we never got the money. So we have followed our internal processes and handed it over to our legal counsel. Are they still our... in operation? Um, yes, to some extent. 
to, to some extent means what? Um, I can't confirm their status as of now. Then, then your answer, yes, should not be the case. Okay. I, will I ask, that. are they still operating? You say yes. I withdraw that. I okay. withdraw that. The legal counsel will follow up with due process and inform. It means that the legal counsel never follow up on all these issues. Now you are saying that they will follow up. They haven't followed up. It's a continuous process. They sent a letter and they keep following up. But as I said, the 100,000 was retrieved through correspondence as well. They have sent reminders. And I think we have attached a copy of the letter. It's a process which is ongoing. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Now, a resident of Ayopia in the Bongo district in the Upper East region, where President Ekufuado first got sword for the One Village One Dam project to commence, say the dam dries up shortly after Christmas. Now, they say still they still value the project and are requesting the government to bring contractors back to site to do a better job. Earth dams built to air, aid dry season farming are incapable of retaining enough water and dry up by January each year. Jojo Kobner brings you a set of Joy News' hotline documentary titled Thirsty Dams. With despair in her eyes, Atinga Arungo stares at a dry, shallow dam and contemplates how it would have made her life simple. She counted her eggs long before they hatched. She thought access to water would ensure a boom in her farming business. Her joy has been cut short and she wants government as a matter of urgency to find a solution to the thirsty dry dam. When the president came, he said he will construct a dam for us. We were excited. He said the water will help us cultivate vegetables during the dry season. Unfortunately, we are unable to farm during the dry season because the dam dries up. There's no water. After Christmas, the dam dries up completely. Solomon represents the youth here. He had vowed not to travel to southern Ghana for odd jobs. But staying in Bongo without a job is giving him ideas of leaving home. In his estimation, the dams were not properly constructed. The spillways close to the reservoir, so the water washes away quickly after the rains. When the rains come at once, the, the water, the speedway is speeding for us, so the water cannot relax for a meantime. So we expect that when government came back tomorrow and so that you expand this place for us, so that we can still make our dry crops so that we can get what we can eat for us. He is backed by another peasant farmer. The embankment is separated from the reservoir that is created to contain the water. And the size of the reservoir too is very small. Where the spillways have also been kept is very close to the reservoir. So little water in the reservoir, which is already small, when the reservoir is full, the rest of the water spills out. So the dams are not able to contain enough water to help us do dry season farming and also water our animals. So that is basically the problem with the dams. Weak embankments, a poorly constructed spillways, 
small reservoirs or uh, I mean the reservoirs are too small to contain water. So basically they dry up in no time at all. After the rains, it doesn't really take a month or two before you realize that uh, these dams are drying up. Now, Isaac Pabia, the focal person for peasant farmers in Kasananankana, joins me via phone. Isaac, what is your description of the 10 dam sites you visited? Uh, good evening, and good evening to your cherished viewers. Um, this has uh, the documentary book. That is re- the reality on the ground. Also, the uh, the Kasananankana was the state had a location of 10, 10 such dams. And as we speak, none of those dams contains water as at this point. So the problem with the dams, as we rightly put out there, is that they they are too small for the purpose for which they were built. The embankments are not well compacted. The spillways are very close to the reservoir. Mm. which makes water to spill out at the, uh, at the least opportunity. And basically, the water is not able to stay in the dam for a long time before they dry out. So by December, January, when you visit any of those dams, you realize that there is no water there. And, and basically, that is the problem we have for the dam. So, so how are you able to you know, what are your crops during the dry season for which these dams were constructed? Yeah, uh, if you come to my district, Kakasnan and Kanawa's district, mm. there, are, there are dams that were constructed in some communities in, uh, in the 70s during the Champions regime. And as we speak, those dams, most of them, those, they are sorted, they, they are so useful and people are using them for for dry season garden and the rest. Mm. Others are also investing, those who are capable, are investing into harvesting underground water to do their dry season garden. So if you go around Paga and other areas, you realize that a lot more people are drilling boreholes to be able to access underground water to do their dry season garden. Mm. But it's not every farmer who can afford to tap underground water for farming okay because the cost involved is not easy for an ordinary farmer to to get uh, the means to do that so realistically what do you farmers in the area think will be the appropriate way out so um we we believe that the dams can still be worked on if not all of them because some of them, where they are even located, is problematic. But those that have good feeders and they are, their locations are good, they should be expanded with the embankment properly constructed, properly constructed speedways put in place. I think uh, they will still be useful. Okay. They will still be useful. So we are appealing to the government to revisit the project, mm-hmm. the, 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 the project site and find out which of them can be worked on to serve the purpose for which it was uh, the dam to put there. So, but like I said, there is the, 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 the need for 
a proper assessment of all the dams constructed. And then those that can actually be worked on should be worked on. Okay. Because money has gone into it. Farmers need water. And when they are worked on, uh, we will certainly get water to water our crops. And our... Our Your uh, animals, I guess. Animals, okay. so, Isaac, I'm grateful to you for joining us, and I wish you all the best uh, in this season when you are farming to feed all of us in this nation. On that note, we wrap up today's bulletin, but there's more on myjoyonline.com. And uh, up next is Pius Kojo Baka with Prime Business. Grateful to you for your company. Do enjoy the rest of your evening. Capenu, Eya, and Nutrimi Tufu said, Abibia, O Tadia, Tadia, Unsan Cotonu, and Pedro, Namekanfu, SCP, Ama, SCP, Ewa, Tema Shahel, a whole factory, Cassiano, Essi, Edian Ape, Pavement Blocks, Bosan, Casancasa, and a DNC Gen Biarano, Oko Shahera, SCP, Ebemobi, some person who should die, Napoto Gu concrete, and Yafra Koto Cement, Yakopabu, Akopania, Ufre SCP. The concrete I'm messing it with quality. Cement warm on the good camera amount. So, what am I? A fiena, dodova, a flower, bong, and in particular, in the office. I was printed road. You never buy a restaurant in the DVD. For SCP was 0501 672 608. Touch it, okay? Fifty. It's my calipo inside the Don't touch it, okay? Don't worry, darling. I won't touch your calipo, okay? Okay. Hey, Papa. Should I leave some for you? It's okay, Grandma. You can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. You know that that Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Madam, I'm looking for Abna. Abna, there is someone looking for you. Madam, please rest Abna. Abna. Is this who you are looking for? Ah. Madam, please get me up now. Please. Della. Abna Bra. Abna, Abna, Oh, Abna. It's not Abna rice. Please give me a better. Abna rice. Energy and quiet. FDA. I said, Daddy and Kratz were Yatsum. When you're little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams. Meetings. Conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with Day by Day Baby.
kids, and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes. Good evening to you. Warm welcome to Prime Business with me, Pius Kojobaka. To our very first story, the Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana has begun a meeting to review developments in the economy over the past two months. But what are the issues that will dominate the gathering? George Yafe has the rest of the story. The Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana should have met on Wednesday, July 19, 2023. That is tomorrow. However, Joy Business is learning that the meeting started today. It is not clear for now what influenced the change in date. But Joy Business is learning that the Monetary Policy Committee of the Central Bank will not change the Monday, July 24 date that is supposed to announce its decision about the outcome of the meeting as well as its decision on the policy rate. The Monetary Policy Committee at its last meeting in May kept the rate at 29.5%. However, there are strong indications that looking at the current pressure on inflation rate, the Monetary Policy Committee may take steps to review the policy rate. We also understand that issues about the Ghana CD Ghana fiscal situation and inflation rate dynamics will dominate the three-day meeting. I want longer with the central bank because Deputy Director of Banking Supervision at the Bank of Ghana, Ismail Adam, has underscored the need for banks to engage in responsible lending. According to him, banks must consider the sustainability of the banking environment when advancing loans. He was speaking at an industry engagement on sustainable banking principles. 
The Bank of Ghana, in partnership with the Ghana Association of Banks, organized a capacity building training for industry players to delve deeper into the principles of sustainable banking. The training also provided industry players with the opportunity to collaborate and promote development. In an interview, Deputy Director of Banking Supervision at the Bank of Ghana, Ismail Adam, said banks must ensure that their lending practices have a positive impact on the environment. Somewhere 2018, the, the need for banks to engage in responsible lending. And responsible lending here is in reference to managing your lending practices that you have the sustainability of the environment in mind. And so somewhere 2018, the Bank of Ghana, the Environmental Protection Agency, and the Ghana Association of Banks came together and started this journey of making sure that the learning activities of banks are in line with certain principles that will make sure that we leave the environment in a shape that will not be disadvantageous to posterity. The banks are aware that when they are engaging in learning practices, they need to look at the impact on the environment. Of course, we have five critical areas that the principal focuses on. So now the banks at least are aware that uh, in our lending practices, we need to look at uh, these areas, these five critical areas, and make sure that our lending processes are responsible. Chief Executive of the Ghana Association of Banks, Johnny Wah, encouraged the bankers to adhere strictly to the seven sustainable banking principles to help maintain confidence in the sector. The seven sustainable banking principles are critical in managing risks effectively. Review some of the tax measures outlined in the 2023 budget. That's the advice from some speakers at Joy Business Pre-Budget Forum as Finance Minister Ken Uforiata gets ready to present the mid-year budget review next Tuesday. Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Mark Bidu Abwaji, maintained that most firms are collapsing as a result of the tax measures. possible to bring some relief to businesses. Um, some taxes that I want to see, some abolish and some review. One is the e levy. I think that the mm. rate is too high. The other one has to do with the COVID tax. Mm. I don't know why we still have COVID tax or COVID levy as part of our tax structure. After it has been declared by WHO that COVID is not a pandemic, we have to take this tax out to bring some relief to businesses. Secondly, if you look at our policy document nowadays, there's a general statement that you are going to create a conducive environment for businesses. Mm. We all know what the conducive environment is. Low taxes, low inflation, lower interest rates, lower utility tariffs. With all the things that are happening, I don't think that we are going to have that immediately. So that general statement, I personally do not want to say it. They should come out with specifics on how they are going to create this conducive environment for businesses. Joining the call to reduce taxes, the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Joseph Obeng, argued that there are too many unfavorable taxes in the 2023 budget, making Ghanaian businesses uncompetitive. What we should all know is that 
a vibrant private sector drives any economy in the world. So it is important that we create the enabling environment right. that will make businesses thrive so that we take the whole economy along. And that is what we are not getting right now. That's rather the um, private sector is being contained and that they are unable to expand. We don't have even the space to develop and grow. Mm. And that has been the problem because the excessive transition is what it does to the private sector because we are not competitive. If even we want to produce as a nation, we cannot overprice our uh, produce that we cannot even sell our produce to the neighboring countries because of cost of the produce like the manufacturers have been complaining about. And that's why we continue uh, complaining about excessive transition. And we can easily also expand the task net without necessarily putting um, a lot of pressure or imposing taxes on the few that have the capacity even to grow. Mm. Because they are the identified ones who can actually pay the taxes. But when we do that, we are only trying to um, stifle the growth of those industries, which otherwise will be the driving force of our economy. Now we're talking about importation. Um, import, importation, I have a serious problem with importation because right. if we, we do more importation, it means that we are not helping our local uh, manufacturing companies. We are not even trying to be self-sufficient. But, but that is what you do. Yes, I, I, I like that. But let me also tell you that the import that happens in this Ghana, you know, we do not own this economy. Ghanaians do not own this economy. That, that is true. The that is a export, fact. The export earnings, we owe only about 60% as a nation. The rest does not belong to Ghanaians. That's why we always have the problem of foreign exchange because it goes and it does not even come because the money does not belong to us. Export, that uh, importation that we do, the excessive importation, only about 20% is for the indigents. Over 20% and the 80% all uh, uh, belong to um, uh, foreigners. And so, whilst we are talking about um, uh, exports being in the hands of um, um, foreigners, the foreign dominance of this economy, uh, you think about communication. This communication industry, the money that goes there, even the banking is not in our hands. We talk about um, um, oil, we talk about, about good and all that. We are not getting the benefit thereof. And that, um, we have to even think about that. So, if we, we think that we are doing excessive importation, that is not helping the economy, there's a way to do that. That's what we have to use our uh, regulations our uh, uh, investment laws and the rules and regulations to contain mm. excessive importation. Now we are talking about import substitution. This is the right direction. If we are all, uh, able to identify um, where we have the comparative advantage as a nation and even support those, those industries so that we become a hub of manufacturing of those identified products, then, of course, we have, um, we have a way. And then, of course, 
government should do everything so that government uh, ga, uh, uh, Ghanaian businesses or in investment, foreign direct investment, should be tied up with the local businesses. Okay. Meanwhile, President of the Association of Ghana Industries, Dr. Humphrey Nimdake, indicated that Ghana's 17th International Monetary Fund program has helped reduce the negative impact of the country's macroeconomic condition on businesses. However, maintained that government still needs to address some structural rigidities to help businesses navigate the difficult macroeconomic conditions. So our businesses have been stressed within the context of the macro. They led to a lot of contraction of our, into our business operation. It led to low growth. It led to low unemployment. Uh, you can also trace that it led to the distortion of original business model of um, processing and manufacturing, where you realize that by virtue of these macro indicators, a uh, number of businesses resorted to importation of finished product as against processing and producing, and its uh, relevant impact in terms of job creation, taxation, and it's exposed the country to a lot of informality. Mm. And there are consequences of a high informal sector in uh, an economy, a least developing economy. So these ramifications are all associated with uh, the gains and the minuses of uh, what we've gone through over the period. And therefore, yes, our businesses are stressed but by virtue of the IMF uh, transaction, mm. uh, restored uh, confidence to which we are planning effectively. And we look forward to other uh, indicators that are work in progress because the IMF process is not a, a one-time transaction. It's a process. We need to go back into the, uh, the inflationary uh, rates. What we need to do regarding the inflationary rate, you asked my colleague about the effect of the inflation on our mm. businesses. Mm. And that, I mean, every uh, player in the space knows that uh, the higher the inflation, the, the challenges it is to businesses. Nonetheless, our concern is how is Bank of Ghana managing the inflationary issues? And we know they've deployed a number of tools to aid curtail the inflationary figures. Nonetheless, the producer price index and the run-through effect of some tax adjustment has also led to the state of the inflation. We've also argued out on the uh, inflation targeting model that the Bank of Ghana uses. Mm. Nonetheless, we still believe that there are structural rigidities that need to be tackled. And those are the engagement we seek to uh, see the finance minister table in the midterm budget, complementing it with that of the IMF uh, policy and report to aid us navigate uh, these difficult macroeconomic uh, factors that we face. Outlining some challenges faced by small and medium businesses, CEO of Ethria, Non Falong, said high interest rates are collapsing SMEs. According to her, the current economic situation have led to layoffs of workers affected by low production outputs. The coping has been to uh, reduce the, the size, the staff size, mm. because we can't afford to pay all of them uh, month on month. By, um, by about how much have you, have you downsized? Uh, five people. Mm. And, and what does that five mean people. in terms of the real numbers you have? Um, it, it means that we are not able to produce as quickly as we do. It also means that if we get an order today that requires us to supply tomorrow, it's going to take a longer turnaround time, uh, turnaround time 
because we do not have all the hands that we typically use. So uh, you find that we are a little slower. Uh, sometimes responses are also a little slower because people uh, send you messages, are expecting responses from the business, and you don't have uh, all the stuff that you used to have before. Touching on waste, economist Professor Godfrey Bobkin said government can demonstrate goodwill by reducing its administrative size to redirect resources to critical sectors of the economy. If, uh, the approach we have adopted is suboptimal, and that is why we agree with, with the private sector that the approach government has adopted under the program would disproportionately affect the private sector and undermine private sector competitiveness and, and that is a cause for concern for us. And also, whilst we have advocated for, uh, uh, for expenditure cuts, the kind of expenditure cut government has done under the program is actually not the kind of expenditure cut we had wished. Okay. What, 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 what kind of expenditure cuts would you have wanted to see? We were expecting more of, uh, of the government reducing the size, merging some ministries, some agencies, departments, and, and, and then costing that, cost, uh, costing that, and probably we may achieve the same goal, okay, by reducing those expenditure as compared to increasing taxes, introducing new taxes, and increasing rates of existing taxes. Professor Bokpin, let, let, let me just take you on there. Let, let me just take you on there briefly. In terms of our tax bracket, you already know how much we rake in vis-a-vis -vis our budgets for every year. And it's been said, this government has said time and again that, listen, uh, just cutting off a few ministers is not going to cut it. It's not going to make any difference. How, how much do the ministers earn? How much are the, do they consume on fuel and all of that? So is it realistic when you call for this and say that it would have maybe amounted to some of what we would be looking for in, in terms of our tax returns and all of that? How realistic is that? If you look at it from the approach you are coming from, we are majoring on the minor. We are not just asking reducing the number of ministers. We are talking about ministries we are talking about departments, we are talking about agencies, and also rationalizing state-owned enterprises. In other words, the cost of our governance is just too much for our national budget to sustain. From the forum, the General Secretary of the General Agricultural Workers Union, Edward Carriwe, called for a national discourse to create a new economic development policy. According to him, the country has lost direction in governance, making government rely on outmoded economic policies. I think that uh, we are applying an outmoded economic development policies to try to develop ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, if we think that we can still go with this uh, fixation that uh, uh, you can generate revenue by increasing your taxes and tax the same people all mm -hmm. the time, certainly it is telling us that it's not working. You know, yes, revenue will automatically come up and it will come up when you are your capacity to generate the revenue is, is strengthened you know but it's not just about how much you are going to tax the person that would necessarily translate into your revenue when the person does not have capacity to do what to uh, contain that tax you know so um, i would think that uh, we need to review our economic policy to know that tax is good to generate revenue the tax should not be the first call to generate revenue. It is rather to 
uh, empower production to go on. Unfortunately, we, the figures as we receive them from the Saskatchewan service are not giving good account of what is mm. happening in production. Mm. You know, all the productive areas are declining, mm. and yet there are the very people that you are you are taxing. Mm. You know, and uh, as I indicated also, they seems they are not interested in getting to those who are not paying taxes at all. Mm. You know. Because it's easier to, to go after the Mr. Magbudua Boaji and then you as well. Yes, of course. I pay mm -hmm. my taxes all the mm -hmm. time, you know. And any consumption I do, I pay taxes on it. You know, and even people who I give money to, to feed also pay taxes on it. So all the time, even when you are sleeping, you pay tax. Mm -hmm. When you are awake, you pay tax. You pay tax in the morning, you pay tax in the afternoon, you pay tax <laughs> anywhere you go, you pay tax. Mm -hmm. You know. And that is not how you can grow the economy. Mm. I think that we we need a national discourse to actually fashion out an appropriate economic development policy mm -hmm. for this country. Mm -hmm. You know, the way we are moving on and thinking that it is only taxes that can generate the revenue that we need. Of course, we are killing businesses all over. Moving on to some other stories, a senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution in the United States of America, Professor Darrell Duffy, has argued that moves by some central banks in Africa, including Ghana, to shift from the use of the U.S. dollar for international trade may be too risky and possibly injurious to the national economies. In November last year, the government launched the Gold for Oil policy, which saw the government pay for imported oil products with gold rather than the U.S. dollar. Now, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia at the time contended that all domestic sellers of oil would no longer need foreign exchange to import oil products. However, reacting to the claims, Professor Dufi said such moves should be the least considered policy options for countries such as Ghana. He spoke to join us as Blessed Suga. It is not the easiest currency uh, uh, with which to make payments. It's, it's quite awkward, actually, and its price is quite volatile relative to the prices of the things that are being traded, like oil. So, you know, in terms of both payment efficiency and avoiding the risk that the value of the gold to one party or the other would change a lot, uh, I don't think that's the most obvious you arrangement. You point earlier during the roundtable that uh, you would prefer, or I mean, over countries would prefer to have their bills rather in dollars than in any other currency or store value. On, on economics, the dollar is the most natural choice because the dollar is so dominant internationally. Prices uh, for commodities are usually quoted in dollars for a good reason. Now, there might be geopolitical reasons to depart from the dollar, in part to signal uh, a geopolitical stance. But in the end, unless something dramatic happens to the global economy, I think uh, those countries will come back to paying in dollars. Now, the agricultural sector in Ghana is confronted with multiple challenges, including the need to ensure profitability, adapt to climate change, and promote sustainable practices. Farmers are being entreated to adopt methods that are environmentally conscious and maximize returns. Clinton Yeboa has more in the following reports. Agricultural practices such as bush burning, farm produce storage systems, monocropping, Lack of product value addition are noted hindrances to cultural and environmental sustainability. The situation is worsened due to a lack of knowledge of proper farming models. 
45 farmers and prospective farmers have received training from the SNV Boosting Green Employment and Enterprise Opportunities in Ghana project, partnering with Kwadaso Agricultural College. The SNV's basic and advanced skills training under its Opportunities for Youth Employment program seeks to equip beneficiaries with climate-smart agricultural practices. SNV Senior Skills Advisor Awudu Damani Musa indicated the key to maximum profits is to incorporate innovative methods into farming. They needed some theoretical background in what they are doing and also some innovative ways of doing things. From hand to mouth, hand to mouth is what they are doing. But through the training they have learned how to process some of these uh, produce that they themselves produce so that they can turn it into useful uh, uh, products or produce for 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 them to maximize um, profits from it. The Jiso Municipal Director of Agriculture, Dr. David Anambam, employed agricultural practitioners and experts to take up the task of educating farmers. You know, the extension officer is crucial for the farmer to do better. Uh, averagely, it's 1,500 to one extension officer. We can also try to redemarcate our, our farmer population in the various districts. You know, what we call opinion leaders. The opinion leaders are also trained locally, we train them locally, and they who are like an extension of the officer. So that's, that education is going on, trying to help opinion leaders to also improve what they are doing, and then also programs like where you bring practitioners who are already in the job, and you are bringing them to add the knowledge to refine their work. It's also better. Principal of Kwadaso Agricultural College, Albert Apia Amwako, reviewed the school is going digital. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, by the nature of the technology we are now using, in fact, quite as soon we are now going a bit of digital agriculture now. When I say digital agriculture, we even monitor the kind of produce right from production to harvesting through a lot of technologies that we are using. We, we talk about organic farming without the use of chemicals and all those things. These are good agricultural practices that we are doing. Beneficiaries of the training and financial grants of the SNV Green expressed their appreciation and enlightenment. Through their grant, currently I'm working on several cases of land whereby I have employed more than 10 cashier workers whom they are working at my farm as I speak to right now, you see. And then I came here again to at least gain a lot of knowledge to, to use in my farming activities. I said that I was going to be a good and that's how we part company here on Prime Business with me, Pius Kojubaka. You can get great stories when you log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. We've got international business for you. Bye.
Charlie, what number? The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthemeter and Lumefantrine. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemists Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitats and disturb our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown crane, mara, silky chicken, nalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults? This price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. This outfit is F Brace yourself for the HD Plus Lead Hers experience. Watch the unique stories of successful women leaders and be inspired for greatness. Join the special guest of honor, Reverend Dr. Joyce Ayi, and the keynote speaker, Pan McDonald, along with a panel of inspiring experts. So enjoy Prime HD on Wednesday, 19 July at 8 p.m. Moderated by Ohinayu Gifty Auntie, this event will ignite your passion for success. Powered by HD Plus. See it feely feely. 
12 ambitious talents, 11 weeks of intense grooming, 7 talents have dropped off. Now, down to the final 5. Who emerges the winner for the maiden edition of Joy Prime's Cues and Lyrics and goes home with their 20,000 cash prize, an all-expenses-paid trip to Dubai, a recording deal, and other amazing products from our sponsors, TM Music, Lovett, Kwabina Mufasa, Traeger, Limwell, Who Wears the Crown? Vote for your favorite to glory by short code star 711 star 60 hash. Join us on Saturday, July 22, 2023, 8 p.m. at the Silicon Production House, Tesano, as we treat you to back-to-back performances and the crowning of the ultimate winner of cues and lyrics. It will be a night of great music with special performances from Superstar TZ, Mighty, and the newest sensation on the music scene, King Paluta. Come cheer you your favorite to victory. Attendance is free. Guests must be seated by 7 p.m. Q-Sun Lyrics is sponsored by Syntex Tank, A Strong, A Tough, A Dancer Travels, and Ghana AIDS Commission. Q-Sun Lyrics, bring on the music. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Many people think I get whatever I want because I'm a popular actress. But no! That is not true. Me and Kasano, I dare be a me ye biano. Me shishem pe papa no. And when I find it, I stick to it. My shishem when your bell pack tissues, bell pack ewe tiro, bell pack tiro. Soft but not weak, strong but not hard. It is smooth. Me yusua me hotome. It's just perfect. Same as the kitchen towel. What about what? What about the papaya? One bell pack kitchen towel lasts longer and saves you money. It's time you switch to bell pack today. Say your pocket tissue, table napkin, tea roll, and a kitchen towel. Bell pack is simply the best. It's just perfect. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no. We are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex what? Alexa. Open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio. Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM. Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Store segments. Is brought to you by Commander DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries. 
Hello, the welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Let's start off with the Black Queens and uh, Evelyn. They do score twice as the Black Queens secured an emphatic 4-0 victory over Guinea in the second leg of the first round of qualifiers for the 2024 Olympic Games at the Craft Sports Stadium. Now, uh, it was the, the ladies who scored. Um, Priscilla Adubia was also on target alongside Farouk uh, Yakuba, who also scored to ensure the Black Queens secured the 4-0 victory. My colleague Lawrence Bade was at the Craft Sports Stadium and came to this report. And just like that, the winning streak for the Black Queens continue as they crash Guinea at their Craftsport Stadium by four goals to zero. And Evelyn Bedou brace and goals from Fidel Yakubu and Priscilla Edubia were enough for Nora Hopter's side, who cruised into the next round of qualifiers. Evelyn Bedou opened the scoring in the 36th minute of the game, lofting the ball over the unrushing Guinea goalkeeper to put Ghana ahead. After a few chances missed in the first half, there was no stopping Priscilla Edubia this time as she scored seven minutes into the second period of the game. Bedou grabbed her second goal of the evening with a calm effort from a rebound minutes later before substitute Fidel Yakubu put the game to bed. The Hazakes ladies Modfoda tapped into an empty net after a brilliant work by Bedou down the right flank. Speaking at the end of the game, the head coach of the side, Nora Haptel, said she was satisfied with the performance of her team, but believes they could have scored more at their Crossford Stadium. All in all, uh, I think it was a good game. We played them um, tonight. Um, we leveled up um, in terms to the first game we had away in Guinea. I think we liked that the pitch is rolling uh, much better here, so our possession game was good. Um, our rest defense was perfectly set so we didn't allow them to enter in counter-attacks I think we had a big dominance on the pitch um, of course the only thing I can can uh, maybe um, judge is that we should have scored uh, a bit more goals out of all these chances but all in all I'm very satisfied happy that we passed this um, first qualification round prior to the game Kamara Sekuba who is the head coach of Guinea had promised that his side we're going to play for pride and honor. However, the scoreline from the Accra Sports Stadium was a sign of disappointment rather than hope. In his post-match, he mentions that the Ghanaian team were far too good for his side to cope. Ghana is a strong country. Ghana is a, it's a, it's a, it's very experienced. And uh, we were waiting to, to have a very strong side. We, we, our side, we had a very young team and we had about a week or two to get ready for this tournament. And uh, this is the result that we are seeing today. We are trying our best to make sure we have a strong team for the future, so that in the future we can also go ahead in this type of competitions. Progressing to the next round of qualifiers means Benin is the next task for Ghana. But before Benin, the Black Queens will face Rwanda as part of their qualifications for the next edition of the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Reporting for Joyce Force, Lawrence Beidou from the Accra Sports Stadium. And he joins me in the studio to uh, help us appreciate more what happened at the Accra Sports Stadium. Lawrence, great reports by all standard there at the Accra Sports Stadium. Yep. Of course, the ladies uh, put up very good performance. I like to indicate a 7-0 on aggregate after defeating Guinea 
in the first leg by three goals to nil. And we understand they're going to be playing uh, Benin in the next in the round the of the qualifiers. When should we expect this game to come off? Um, so before we even um, play Benin, as I've already mentioned, there's a game against Rwanda mm. for the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Mm. And that will be in September. So after the September window, they will have an opportunity to come for the international break. Mm. And then that is where they prepare for um, Benin mm. in the Olympic Games qualif qualification. But in terms of the quality of play that uh, you witnessed at the Crass Force Stadium, um, how will you describe it? Of course, we talk about the record of Nora Haptor at the moment. She's yet to concede a goal in, in five, five games. games now. Clearly impressive. And it's, I mean, you monitor the conversation on social media. People are clearly commending her for it. Have the Black Queens really returned to the level that we used to know them for? You know, when um, she, she took over, it was even after she took over that the Ghana Football Association launched the women's football strategy. Mm. Can you imagine that in almost all her presses, Nora has been mentioning that the DNA of Ghana mm. is to possess, mm. dominate, create chances and score goals. Mm. It tells you that she knew exactly the kind of team she was taking over mm. from Messi Tego. She has prepared this, this team in the last two years. Mm. She's got them playing some good football and then um, I think she, in, in, in her presser of, um, before the game, mm -hmm. she mentioned that there are no weaknesses in this team. Mm -hmm. And even if they are, they are very little as compared to their strength. She, she's found a way to blend the local talent on the scene mm -hmm. um, as against the foreign-based players because they come in at a time where the team needs them. Mm -hmm. They come in at a time where the local league is on break. Yeah. And then they are also on break. But then they've been camping for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And then they've gotten to understand each other. Um, from the team that started today, I think um, just about two or three players mm. are playing in the local league. Mm -hmm. So it tells you that the idea is to focus more on the on the foreign base players, but we won't take out the local players, mm. which is something that we can commend. Mm. Um, at the Accra Sports Stadium, you know, I've not seen such numbers for women's game, mm -hmm. but today it looked like after the Black Mets was disappointed us, we were all putting our hopes in, yeah. in the Black Queens, and they, they, they didn't disappoint. It, it is one thing I've liked, and then I'll, I think the Ghanaians um, will grow more to learn the importance of this, importance of giving attention to the Black Queens as well. Mm. So after Benin, what next? How do we eventually qualify for the Olympics? Um, after Benin, there's one more hurdle, obviously. Mm. So um, that is where we get to play one of the top sides in, in, on the continent because mm. there's Nigeria, there's Zambia, there's Morocco. We could face one of these sides mm. if we are able to go past Benin. Um, just to remind you that we played Benin in the friendly yeah, game the five friendly. months ago where we won 3-0. One of the questions I, I asked Nora after the game was the fact that when we played Benin, they couldn't score. But then in two games against Guinea-Bissau, mm. they've scored five goals mm. and then they've shipped in four goals. Mm. It tells you that their defense is quite a problem. However, their attacking is beginning to build momentum. Mm. How are we going to cope with this? And she says that, look, she knows teams develop, mm. but then the focus for her is to get her team playing to the style. Mm. Once they know how to fit in, once they know how to develop themselves, mm. they should be able to blow aside any competition that comes their way. So mm. the kind of confidence she, she commands, the kind of attitude the players command on the pitch, mm. My word. It gives, it gives hope that we... Exactly. So they have exactly. two more, let me say, two rounds left. Trans qualification for the yes, Olympics is concerned. The, the game against Benin, then we have a final match, then we'll qualify for the Olympics. For the so Olympics. to be the first time since 2007, well, they qualified, right? <laughs> it's quite interesting, but the Black Queens have never been to the Olympic Games. Wow, interesting. Well, so that's uh, Lawrence Bedu there with our Joyce Force decks. And uh, of course, she, as far as the women's game is concerned, he's an expert here on the joy sports decks and of course we'll keep tabs on the black queens and see 
if they'll be able to qualify for the Olympic Games for the first time ever. Interesting there. Well, let's talk about the senior national team and uh, the Black Stars, and they are expected to take on Mexico in an international friendly during the October break. The Ghana Football Association made this announcement earlier today, and in a statement from the association, uh, it said that uh, they have signed a contract with the Federation of Mexico Football and Soccer United Marketing for an international friendly against 2023 CONCACAF Gold Cup Champions Mexico in the United States as part of the 20th anniversary of the MEX Tour. Now, the game will be played on Saturday, October 14, 2023, at a venue yet to be announced. The friendly is to help the Black Stars prepare for the 2026 FIFA World Cup qualifiers set to start in November and the 2023 African Cup of Nations in January next year which Ghana is yet to qualify for. Now, Ghana will later play the United States of America national team at uh, the Geodes Park in Nashville on October 17, before wrapping the tour of the United States there. Now, to some uh, grassroots football and uh, the thrilling conclusion of the Betwina Accra West District uh, Division Three Middle League final took place last Saturday as Adabraka Elders delivered an impressive 4-0 victory over Abo Arsenal at the Damsoman Karindov Park. Now, Adabraka Elders wasted no time in a set in their dominance, securing, uh, securing two goals in the first half. And Abo Arsenal obviously struggled to contain the relentless attack and threat posed by Elders, resulting in a double lead for their opponents. Head coach of the side... Uh, Rashid Nai also spoke after the game and he lauded his boys, promising that in the Division 2, they'll give their very best to qualify for the next stage of the Ghana football. I'm in the moon, seriously. Yeah, I'm happy for them because this is our third time. We've been coming, coming since the inception of the Elders Club. In our first season, we came, we lost at Fadama. In our second season, we came, it was here, we lost to, uh, I can't remember the name, but we lost uh, uh, to, uh, well, we lost one nil. But today, I told the boys, if, if Man City have done it for the third time, that means we too can do it for the third time. And what will be your target going to TV, uh, Division 2? To, uh, we, are, we are going there to maintain our stands in the Division 2. We are not just going there to come back like others have been doing. What I have to do is I have to build up the team. Let's say register let's say, about five, six players into the team so that we will maintain our position in the team. A former Ghana Football Association Vice President, Fred Papo, uh, who was the guest of honor and presented the trophy to the victorious Adabraka elders, commended both teams for their performance and uh, was full of praise also for the quality of football that was played there. Also, chairman of the Accra West District Football Association, Farouk Zakari, lauded his team for a successful end to the season while also calling on corporate bodies to support the association.
It was an interesting game. Uh, we saw very young and uh, raw talents displaying their skills and then showing their commitment. I think one would have to congratulate uh, Adabakai Elders for winning. And then also better luck to Aboasna. They also put up a good fight. But overall, I'll say the District Football Association have done very well. It's been a very wonderful competition right from the word go. And the fans and the media were all wonderful. Uh, I must say, I was really impressed. I was telling those, I was sitting down with that uh, right from the first minute, the kind of talent and skill the boys were exhibiting was extremely excellent. And uh, what we really need, need to do is a challenge to those of us in the sports administration and management to nurture these talents and make sure they pass through the, the mill to the level that we all want them. But I must say, it's been a very excellent competition. You're welcome. Give me your, your full name and your position. I'm Farouk Zakari. I'm the chairman of Accra West District Football Association. As the chairman of the Accra West District Football Association, how happy are you to see everything uh, being done, everything come, come to a, a, a close today? It is by grace. It is by grace. And I thank my ESCO, my ESCO members so much. If... Without them, we could not do this. And then the biggest one is our sponsor. Without them, we couldn't. They sponsor us. None of the team pay one peswa. None of the team pay one peswa. Without them, we could not do this. Do you get it? And look at the euphoria. Look at how people are. Look at joy. That This is what we want. We want companies. You see, they should come and partner with the districts. And with this, we will reach higher height. Now, the 2026 Commonwealth Games are in doubt after the Australian state of Victoria cancelled its plans to host due to budget blowouts. Now, the Commonwealth Games Federation struggled to find a host before Victoria volunteered in April 2022. But the Premier said the projected cost had now tripled and become well and truly too much for the state to bear. Uh, games will not proceed. Uh, in Victoria in 2026. Victorian government, however, has jeopardised Melbourne and Victoria's standing as a sporting capital of the world. I've made a lot of difficult calls, a lot of very difficult decisions in this job. This is not one of them. Uh, frankly, six to seven billion dollars for a 12-day sporting event, we are not doing that. That does not represent value for money. That is all cost and no benefit. The announcement made by the Victorian government today is, is beyond disappointing. The detailed budgetary implications announced today had not been cited or discussed with the CGF or CGA ahead of being notified of the government's decision. The stated cost overruns, in our opinion, are a gross exaggeration and not reflective of the operational costs presented to the Victorian 2026 Organising Committee Board as recently as June this year. The Victorian Government willfully ignored recommendations to move events to purpose-built stadia in, in Melbourne and, in fact, remain wedded to proceeding with expensive temporary venues in regional Victoria. We thank the dedicated staff at the Organising Committee and the Office of Commonwealth Games for their efforts, acknowledging that today will probably be one of the toughest days for them as they've worked so hard on delivering the game. So we'll wait to see which uh, city will take up the 2026 Commonwealth Games. But let's get to Manchester now, where uh, former Manchester United footballer and ex-Wales manager Ryan Giggs has been cleared over allegations he assaulted 
his ex-girlfriend and her sister. It comes after charges were withdrawn by the Crown Prosecution Service at a hearing at Manchester Crown Court. Now, Mr. Gig, who is 48, has always denied assault and controlling or coercive behavior towards Kate Grivel and uh, assaulting her sister, Emma. Now, Judge Hilary Manley directed that he was not guilty on all three counts. The retrial had been due to start at Manchester Crown Court on July 31st, but jurors failed to reach verdict following more than 20 hours of deliberation after his four-week trial in August last year. Mr. Giggs was not in court on Tuesday, as the judge had agreed he did not need to attend. Now, Prosecutor Peter Wright Casey told Manchester Crown Court that the CPS were not now proceeding with the case. He said Kate Grivel had indicated an unwillingness to give evidence in a retrial as given evidence in the first one had taken its toll on her and her sister. And now it's time for the latest from Germany's Domestic Football League. And we are joined by Chris Harrington of our partner station, DWTV. Now, Chris, thanks for making time. But let's talk about Barney Munich. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, he has recently discussed Sadio Mane. I mean, tell us, what has he been saying about the future of the Senegalese star? Well, you know, Thomas Tuchel obviously had an opportunity to address the Sadio Mane situation. And he told us what we already know. Mane fell short of expectations. When you factor in, he was brought to Munich for $35 million and they're trying to sell it for 17 do the math that's half the value i mean he didn't really prove uh as effective as we would have thought he was supposed to break the bundesliga coming from the premier league you know from liverpool obviously a decorated striker put up a lot of goals i expected him to put up similar numbers in the bundesliga it didn't happen that way you know ruffle with teams and so forth my name his camp seem to be dedicated to showing up you know at uh the summer training with bayern munich that's scheduled this week to kick off but Right now, Thomas Tuchel wants to make it clear that he and the club and all the brass at Bayern Munich are trying to free up some cap space to get Harry Kane. I mean, I think it's very clear they want Harry Kane. They're going to do everything they can to get Harry Kane. And Sadio Mane being the name he is, they believe that he is valuable. He could bring a return of that amount of money at least, or maybe even more. Uh, Bayern, that's one thing. You know, the Harry Kane situation, Mane falling short. The latest Mane situation, I mentioned this before, Al Nasser was a club that expressed interest in Sadio Mane because they are obviously pulling a big move. They have Ronaldo and other stars. A lot of stars are going to Saudi Arabia to play football. And uh, Sadio Mane could be the latest star to do so because reports are, according to reports in Saudi Arabia, Al Nasser are expected to submit an official offer to Sadio Mane and Bayern within 24 hours. And uh, if you look at history, the amounts of money they've put up, I'm sure they will be above and beyond this $17 million that Bayern are reportedly asking for. You know, but uh, I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, but uh, this whole Premier League situation, you know, out one Premier League player potentially entering another in Harry Kane. Maybe Harry Kane lives up to the expectations of putting – incredible numbers you know out there in terms of goal production but uh unfortunate to see Sadio Mane you know on the selling list but he is the top of the list uh, among a handful of players Byron are looking to unload well uh Chris let's talk about transfers and uh, we understand RB Leipzig uh, they've been looking to replace Christopher Nkunku and for that they've brought in Belgian striker Lois Openda 
Uh, the question, obviously, is will he provide enough power to keep them competitive come next season? Yeah, you know, I think RB Leipzig have done well in uh, finding diamonds in the rough. They got Unkuku over from PSG. You know, he didn't really put up the numbers at PSG, but he exploded at RB Leipzig. He got recalled for the French national team. Now he's, you know, off to a better pitch, a more competitive league. Now, when you look at the replacement, I like Luis Openda. You know, when you look at his background, Congolese uh, descent and Moroccan descent, and you look at his numbers, he played at Lentz uh, League, uh they finished second in their division. He put up 21 goals. I think that's incredible. You know, that obviously is a, a bit more win behind the sale. He comes in to the Leipzig situation with uh, the, the numbers to show and prove, suggest that he could put up similar numbers in the Bundesliga. You know, RB Leipzig have lost one player. They lost uh, Conrad Lima to Bayern Munich. Bayern, typical of poaching talent. And uh, RB Leipzig, along with Dortmund, are, seem to be one of these clubs that get these young and upcoming talents and these talents tend to help uh, Leipzig stay and remain competitive. They still have Timo Vanna. He was brought back from the Premier League. You know, I like the move. I like Openda. And then they're led in the proper direction. Now, Marco Rosa has done wonders at RB Leipzig. It's a really good fit for him. And I think the players, uh, specifically Openda, reports are that uh, he is similar. You know, he can play on both sides of the wing. And uh, his numbers speak for themselves. I mean, who are we kidding? I, I expect him to break the digit, double-digit numbers in terms of goal production at, uh, in the Bundesliga next season, similar to what Unkuku did last season. Maybe not quite Unkuku's numbers, but uh, definitely something similar. And uh, I like the move, and I think it will definitely give RB Leipzig a boost. So that's uh, Chris Harrington of our partner station, DWTV, joining us all the way from Berlin, Germany. And uh, that's how we draw the curtains on tonight's edition of Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. There's more stories on myjoyonline.com forward slash sports. Do have a lovely evening at Nexus PM Express.